Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours to talk sports with you. We appreciate you tuning in uh, here this morning. Here's what you'll hear from the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will start by previewing the uh, NBA draft, which is coming up on Thursday night. Of course, Chris Murray, see him going uh, Indiana, Sacramento, somewhere in the late teens to mid-20s. Um, Chris Montour, who's done this for a long, long time, will join us. We'll pick his brain. He's based in Minnesota, so we'll maybe get some of the um, scouting reports from up there. Uh, but Chris Montour is our only guest in the first half hour, of the first hour, rather, of the program. If you've been listening to the program, you might have heard the uh, commercial that is uh, on the, on these airwaves soliciting, if you ever wanted to be an umpire, here's your opportunity to do so. And J.P. Richardson uh, is behind that, and he's going to join us, talk umpiring, with J.P. Richardson. Uh, He'll join us at 12.05 and then 12.30. Up north we go uh, to the Twin Cities. Dane Mazzatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll do the Twins. We'll do the Vikings. We'll do Minnesota sports with our friend Dane Mazzatani coming up here at 12.30 before Trent's plays of the day. Uh, That happens. Circus Sports Sponsors. That happens about 10 minutes before the hour of 1 o'clock. If memory serves, you had a decent day with your picks yesterday. Yeah, 3 and 1. And if the Natties could hold on to things and JoJo wouldn't fall apart. Gosh. A five nothing lead there. trend after three is they're up five zip. Hey, how about Flaherty though? Hanging in there. Yeah, good credit is that's a good point if you want to look at it that way. And without a couple of base running blunders, I mean he was pulled. He, he yeah. wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna stay in that game. That thing mm-hmm. could have easily been seven, eight, nothing. Mm-hmm. Well I love uh, those three o'clock starts. Yeah. <laughs> just something you know, something to have on right. Right in the afternoon. That's not right. a bad thing. I, do you know why it was scheduled at that time? No clue. Yeah, because I what don't they know either. They're back at it. This evening, right? Six oh five, Juneteenth celebration. Maybe, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the nation's capital. capital. Yeah, that makes some sense. Perhaps, possibly play that mm-hmm. one. So, regardless, nice to have a little afternoon baseball. It was. And not on a Monday, get that here today. We'll get those five forty. More and more though, earlier starts in baseball. Remember where it was always seven oh five. Yes, yeah. Six oh five in the first East pitch. Yeah. Yep. Seven oh five for them yeah. out there. Six o'clock for us, and more and more pushed up. Which mm-hmm. I don't think is a bad idea, is it? I know there's some cities you battle, so. you battle traffic. Yeah, and sure. Getting there on time mm-hmm. and those kind of things, but I think anymore, so many people have flexibility in their schedule too. Well, more people are working from home than working ever from before. Home, you don't have to fight traffic to get uh-huh. home to pick up the kids to go to the ball game. Yeah, yes. All right, uh, my work day's over. It's four o'clock. Let's hop in the car and let's roll. <laughs> now, those kind of things. More and more of that, but it's a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I like those games and they continue to breeze on. I watched a ton. A baseball last night. So where? So did I. Um, That's no surprise, right? Where, where did you? You know what? A game that I watched way more than I thought I would. Your <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. Oh, absolutely. This Votto story is really good, right? How nuts no, is that? A, that's that's Hollywood, man. That's Hollywood. He is one of the most well-respected guys in the absolutely. game. Absolutely, he's stuck it out by teammates and foes alike. Listening to him, he was on with Van Pelt last night. Oh, was he after the game? Yeah. And just hearing him, he is such a genuine person. He's Canadian. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) He is just the kind of guy that you can see. And 
I think it really bugged him. They're in the midst of an eight-game winning streak. Right. Don't want to come back in. And he, yes. he didn't want right. to bother the, the chemistry that the team had had. And made that abundantly clear in yes. his pregame press conference last night, which if, uh, I saw it. It was probably three minutes. Uh, I think it was from the Cincinnati Reds uh, Twitter account. Um, and, and made that abundantly clear. And then he hits the home run. Then he hits the uh, the go-ahead uh, single up the middle, made contact. That just... And he's doing it for a first-place team, not a team that's at this point of the schedule 18 games out of the first place and falling further and further behind. If you would have listened to yeah, your boy Trent Condon just know. a mere three weeks ago, I know. May 31st. I had yeah. to look back last night and to see when, when I When you bought your ticket? It was May 31st. Huh? We were having this conversation. Yeah. I like the Cincinnati team. I love these young hitters. Mm-hmm. I know. And this was before is... Dela Cruz was there. Yes. Knew he was coming, right. but didn't know when. And got them at twenty-five to one. Now we're fun friend on the east side of the state, Todd Bromelkamp. Yes, sent me a screenshot. He did it the day the Dela Cruz got called up. He knew it was coming because of his contacts. I think with the Colonels and oh right, right, right over yep, there. Yep. He heard it was happening about two hours before it became official. He fired. He got him at circa. I did mine at DraftKings at twenty-five to one at circa at the time. A week later, after I threw this out, it was forty-six to one to, to win the what to win the division. 46 to 1 to win a five team division. Yes. And this is a week after. Not a World Series. No, not at all. A bad division. And yes, a terrible division. And he I... got it a week later. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Well, when we looked that morning or that afternoon, whenever it was, I don't know if games were going on already, but Circa had taken them off the board. And that's okay. why. Okay. I, you had to bet DraftKings. I had to bet on DraftKings uh-huh. and didn't get the right price. That is uh-uh. for sure. No, I'm not going to kick and rip up no, that 25 to 1 not. ticket as they sit in first place, but. That red story, the ballpark, the environment last mm-hmm. night, it was really, really good. I mm-hmm. told you I got extra innings this year for free, yeah. which pisses you off to no end. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I love it now. I mean, last night I watched so much Trend, until it got you, good. You gotta if you're baseball. Well, if you're if you what we do, you have to have it just to watch and be able to buy because you wouldn't have got Colorado, Cincinnati, anywhere else. No, if you absolutely didn't have this. not. No, and for me for years and years with the sport add-on. You get a lot of games. You get yeah. Twins, most important yep. to me. Yep. Cubs, yep. White Sox, Brewers, yep. Royals, Cardinals. Yep. I mean that's that's it's a lot of baseball. It's a lot of baseball. And then you got the national games on TBS uh-huh. and MLB Network and uh, FS1. Yes, there's plenty that uh-huh. I was okay. But for free? Yeah, you'll yeah, take it. I'll take that absolutely. And last night watching the Padres and the Giants, I watched that a lot as Did you stay up for the end of that game? No, of course not. No, I flipped it off cuz it was over. Oh, you didn't go to bed. I didn't you go just to turned bed. The I just game turned off. it off. Oh, my gosh. It was the only thing going on. It was I was into it for the first, I don't know, mm-hmm. five, six innings. And, eh, all right, I've seen enough. Yeah. Whoops. Yastrzemski. You know, it's, 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 it, it is weird to hear him refer to as Yaz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one Yaz, right? Number it's, eight. It's Grandpa. It's Grandpa. Um, but I guess he is, yes, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Man, that was a, right into a McCovey Cove. That ball cleared the wall. Yeah, baseball was great. Cubs were really good last night. Smiley uh, struggled to get through five, but he did, and he didn't give up a run. Looked like uh, he may have one uh, one hitter left mm-hmm. uh, as he tried to get five and qualify for the win and did get the out, and uh, then they turn it over the bullpen. The Cubs' bullpen has been really, really good. Talkman? Yes, what a story he is. <laughs> How old is he, 32? I have no like idea. That. What a story. Boy, oh boy, he had a game yesterday. 
Um, but then the the uh, the Cubbies just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Yeah, fun day of baseball yesterday. So what do we make about this Cardinals team who's now won five in a row? Look, they teased us a few weeks ago. They did. We both proclaimed, all right, here they go, mm-hmm. right? And then before you knew it, boom, they're back in last place. Right. What do we make of this? So they are 30 and 43. Let's say to win this division. How many wins do you need to win this division? 84. 84 wins it. Uh-huh. That means they have to go. They have to win 54 more games. 54 and, let's see, 54 and 35. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. When you put it in those Ugh, terms. That's a lot. That's playing, what, 650 baseball the rest of the way from this outfit? Yeah. yeah. That's difficult to see. Now, it is. Can 80 wins win the division? Can they? Yeah. I... Is Cincinnati going to stay at this pace now? I don't know. Why can't they're they're, they're, pitching. they're starting yeah. pitching? Yeah, they're pitching. Yeah. And now Hunter Green goes to the IL. Yeah, I saw that. So I mean, what was already a bad staff mm-hmm. become? Do you take another step back? And it's not like Green has been great to this point, mm-hmm. but now you have to deal with. that. So with you and Bromelkamp holding those big tickets, uh-huh. what do you do to try and hedge out of it? Yeah, well, I have a. Is it too early to think about that? I don't think it is because I think the Cardinals have to be a part of it, at least part of the conversation. It has to be. But I bet they're a shorter price than they deserve to be because oh, yeah. of their name. Their name, absolutely. And what they were, the preseason expectations that mm-hmm. went along with it, and a division that is very winnable. I'm going to anticipate that their numbers, what are they, 13 games under 500? Yes. They should be 15 to 1. What are they? I'm going to say six or eight. Let's go here. Let's take a look here at the Futures Market Team Futures uh, Division winner. We'll click on that one. They are, right now, the St. Louis Cardinals 6-1. to The Pirates are 15-1. to mm-hmm. They deserve to be. The Cubs and the Reds have the same price at plus 425, mm-hmm. and the Brewers are minus 110. Oh, you can't bet the Brewers. I watched, I watched the Brewers last night quite a bit, too. That was my flip Where were the kids, by the way? Uh, they were they were around, <laughs> went outside. Uh, well, we had piano lessons, too, so that leads uh, to a little nice. quiet time yes, nice. during piano lessons. So uh-huh. Jack got a new uh, Buzz Lightyear sword, so he was running around playing with he, that He's thing. good. Yep, and Dad was able to watch some baseball <laughs> yeah. as Ella was practicing piano. It was a good one. But watching the Diamondbacks last night early on, Corbin Burns was brutal. I mean, he was just leaving stuff over the middle of the plate. And Merrill Kelly, yeah, he might win the Cy Young. Wow. Yeah. He's he's been that good. Do you remember we had this conversation? I, I, Merrill Kelly pitched in the final of the uh, World Baseball Classic, right? Did he yes. not stay, start for the state? I think you're right. Yeah, I think he did. And, and we had the we're well, killing him. Right. This is the best you can come up with, Merrill Kelly. Right. Who? And now he may win the Cy Young. <laughs> the, yeah, we were in basketball mode. Back we then, were right. That, so let's cut us to some be slack. to be fair to us. <laughs> right. Now, we never seen this out of Merrill Kelly. No. Kelly, ERA at 2.90. No. He's got nine wins. He's no. striking out a ton of guys. He's been solid the last couple of years, but obviously he's ascended to a completely different level uh, for the Diamondbacks. So watch a ton of that. A little bit of White Sox last night against the Rangers as I had a ticket on that one. It was just one of those fun nights of bouncing around, checking mm. out a lot of different games, yeah. getting pissed off at my team. Yeah. You did the same with yours. I never even turned my team on, Trent. I, no. I just can't watch them. They're just so bad. Twins just giving up run after run yeah. after run with two outs. Yeah. Get two outs. I know. Can't get that final one. 
frustrating one. They got the home run to tie it up from uh, Vasquez against his own old team. He mm-hmm. was fired up around it. I the bet bases. he was. Oh, yeah. That, that was about as animated, I think, I've seen him in his For three months in a man. Twins uniform as he gets the home run and then right back the same way. Twins are under five hundred And still lead the division by two games. Think about that. Speaking of those division odds, we think the Central's bad. I got something for you. The AL Central is even worse. It's horrible. The Twins are the betting favorite. Mm-hmm. What kind of price do you think the Twins are right now to win this crappy division? Minus 140. 170. Mm. You want to lay that nope. kind of price with this team? Nope, not with that offense. The Guardians plus of. 220. Whites, your White Sox, 9 to 1. Are they 9 to 1 today? The Tigers are 22 to 1. Yeah. And then 800 to 1. For the Royals. And I have a, oh, thanks, John Miller. Uh, I told you. <laughs> yeah, you know what, but. Uh, the, 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 Always be careful who you're getting your betting advice The from. edibles were talking when we were talking Kansas City Royals sequestered in our room in Vegas watching, what were we watching that night? I don't remember, but it was fun. Chris Williams, Matt Van Winkle, myself, John, who else was there? If you were there and you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> Had an old man moment last night. Uh-oh. Yeah, not a bad one. But watching the Cubs game, and Carlos Santana comes up, mm-hmm. and he looked overmatched. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how was Carlos Santana? This guy was an all-star. He this was. guy was really good. Yeah. And in my mind, you know, he's a young guy. Right. Because they're uh, all young guys anymore to me. He's 37. Yeah. Isn't that true, <laughs> I, right? I thought he was like 32, 33. Yeah. Oh, he's got a lot of good it's, baseball. It's, how is he this overmatched? Funny funny you mention that. You know, when you, um, you, you just think about when, when you're... I don't know. Whatever you're, you're, you're becoming a sports fan. These guys are old. Yes, right. They're, and and then now they, they looked older back then too. I think they did because I look. You I watched see a baseball the, card like what is it the the classic sports guy on Twitter and places like that, and they'll post a picture of a guy from 1978 or 1987. Right. Like that guy looks like he's 70 years old. It does and they're playing Major League yep, Baseball. Yep. So I think that had to be maybe, a part of it, too. Maybe, but maybe it's HD. Who knows? But they're so damn young now, for God's sake. Every one of them. Every Carlos single Santana, one. that young whippersnapper they're at 37. 37. <laughs> uh, old man Condon. Yeah, old man Condon, indeed. All right, quarter after uh, 11 o'clock, we're going to talk some NBA draft coming up. Have you um, zeroed in on Chris Murray, or do you, do you care at this point? Not really. I mean, the story with the Kings, obviously, would be the most That would fun. be the best one, right? It would be... An entertaining mm-hmm. story. It would lead to, uh, I think, even more people. I was shocked how many of my buddies that haven't been NBA fans in 25 years got into watching Keegan a year ago and got into it. We see this. Fans since the Bulls, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Probably so, right? Yeah, for, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it is. We saw the same thing with the Iowa State guys that have come through and how many Iowa State people started watching the NBA mm-hmm. a whole lot more to watch Yang and mm-hmm. Mont Morris and on and on and on. Because of that, and I think maybe another team would be good for Hawkeye fan and watching more NBA yeah, yeah. as opposed to the Kings. But if he goes there, and it's exactly what they need, they need kind of that that guy off the bench that fills the Keegan role. Chris could do that pretty well, mm, I would yeah, say. Yeah, really, really cool story. But and he's not going. He was invited to the green room and turned it down. Correct. Correct. Going to hang out with the family instead and go that route. Where was Keegan? Was Keegan was there? Wasn't he was he? there. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep, he made the, his way there. Also different. Yeah, well, he was good. he was a top five pick, or everybody thought he was in that vicinity, right. or certainly a lot of a lottery, a lot of pick, absolutely. Yeah. With Chris, I mean, we're seeing him mocked in the twenties, a couple of in late, the late teens, teens, yeah. But we've seen plenty of guys that are mocked at that spot uh-huh. that slip. Uh-huh. Do you want to be that guy? No, of course not. No, I'm just 
we've seen that too many times in the embarrassment, and it doesn't seem like Chris is the guy. You know, Chris is built differently than Keegan. He's people over in Iowa basketball I'll tell you a little more of a goofball, kind of more aloof, goofier. Mm-hmm. Keegan's more of a business kind of guy. Yeah, you know, Chris has a little bit more of that goofy side too, and maybe just said, let's not deal with that. You know, it, speaking of Iowa basketball, what what do you make in the fact that the Jack McCaffrey uh, look? Friend's going to be sixty six in two years. Is that what it is? 66? I think sixty six. I mean. Wherever Jack McCaffrey's going to play college ball, he's two years away from doing so. Right. Yes. Um, that's kind of what, what, more than anything, what I read into it. It's just the fact that, you know, and, and if, if, dad's at the kitchen table, right? Mm. He's got a pretty good, you know, so I'm not going to, sure I'm going to be there. Yeah. You know, my, your mom and I have been talking and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Yeah. A beach looks really, really good. Right. And, and, and why? If, they made a ton of money. A ton of money. Has had a lot of success. Absolutely. And a chance to go off in the sunset mm-hmm. and do things and right. do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, another angle to that that you wonder about is something that Tom Caker brought up to us about a month ago. I don't know if you remember what he said, but it stuck with me. We were talking about the new AD hire. And regardless yeah. oh if it's gosh. Beth Getz or whoever yeah. it is, the new AD and what they're going to have. Yeah. And we were talking about, of course, what's going to happen with Kirk. Uh-huh. What's going to happen with Lisa Bluter. Right. What's going to happen with McCaffrey. And he said, you know, this might be the final year for McCaffrey. He said that to mm-hmm. us. It was just kind of a passing comment, but it stuck with me. Don't remember him saying it. Not saying he didn't say it. I mean, obviously, you recall it. Um, yeah. There, there's been, and I've, I've heard that bandied about more places. In fact, I've had two different people tell me they believe that Kirk Ferentz will be there longer than Fran McCaffrey. Oh, wow. Now, does Fran have another jump in him? No, I cannot, no, not at this age. I can't see that. You know, there's there's been smoke at different times. It doesn't feel like it has ever gone anywhere right. with him. If he was turning 60, different. he's, he's going to be 66 in two years. Yeah. At 64, that yeah. would be a tough I, sell. I, I think it is. I think it's a tough sell. I do. But a fresh start, one more go around, I don't know. But has, how many years can you commit to doing that, though? Would you hire somebody? Well, it depends on how bad my program is. Yeah. If we haven't had success in 20 years, mm-hmm. yeah, Fran McCaffrey has done it a lot of places, mm-hmm. places that are difficult to win. But what if you can only give you five years? All right. You, so is it going to make that? us competent? We haven't done that in 20 years? Yeah. And then we'll turn it over, leave it a better place? And then Connor can take over. Yeah, that's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's going where? He's going to the Pacers? The Pacers, yeah. Yep. Uh, indoctrinated into the NBA game before he comes back to the college game somewhere. Right? Uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's uh, how I read into it. Just the fact that I just don't think that um, well, you know pops can com- commit to two, being there in two years and then four years on top of that. Put my fan cap on. This is what ticks me off the most because of the most talented McCaffrey well, exactly. away. <laughs> this is the best one. This is the one that has no. the the only one that has a good looking shot, which bothers me to no end. How you can be a coach's kid and have that ugly of a yeah, shot yeah. for both Connor and Patrick. That drives me absolutely crazy. That's not the case with Jack. He's got a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. He's got some athleticism to him. He's he's as well rounded, I think, of, of those two players. You get kind of the full package and he's gonna be going to Notre Dame or Ohio State. Those are the two teams that, that reached out right away to him. Yeah. Reached out right yeah. away. I wonder after that article came out from twenty four seven, how many more phone calls Jack got after that one mm-hmm. from coaches? Because just making it known that it's right, public that he is not going to go to Iowa. How many people? I remember when just Patrick, assume. Well, when Patrick was being recruited and had an Iowa offer, I think Providence and I know Coach Cooley when he was at Providence before he took the Georgetown job this past season. Him and Fran are pretty tight, but Providence was, I believe, the only other major conference mm. school. That went after him because everybody said, why waste our time? Yeah. He's going to Iowa. 
Well, Jack gets this out here. This is a huge recruiting year going into his junior season. This is going to be something that is going to all of a sudden kind of change the murmur of him. He's a yep. top 50 kid. Yep. Patrick was, I think, 110 was the consensus for him. Top 150 for Connor. This is a top 50 player. And all of a sudden, hmm. oh, we thought he was unrecruitable. Right. Now, the equation changes yeah. very quickly for him. No, to, to answer your question, I'm, I'm guessing that the um, he was getting multiple yes. uh, people multiple schools reaching out to him since that news became public. Well, we'll see. We'll watch that. Uh, they decided, they announced today that they're going on a foreign trip. Iowa State's going to the Bahamas. Mm. I think these are both really, um, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish that the NCAA would make it um, so that you want to you go on one of these every year, go. Yeah. Right? I mean, what, what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. It's... Um, it, it, it's a it's great bonding experience. Drake will tell you, and Keno Davis would tell you this, that the trip that they made in their 2007-8 run, mm-hmm. that that is when that was as important to the success that they had all season long was when they started to come together on their trip in August. So does that is that um, you know one size fits all for every school? Of right. course not, but it, but it can happen. And and look, Iowa State's got an entirely different roster. Yes, they do. Um, Iowa's got some new guys coming to making a part of that roster. Not as many as you'd like. Four new freshmen and two guys out of the portal. Well, that's true. I guess I never thought about the true the the true freshmen that are coming in. Uh, how many are going to play? Brock Harding is going to play, and he's little, and he might drive you nuts at times, but. I continue to hear over there as they're starting to go through their workouts and starting yeah. to do their thing as all the freshmen have arrived on campus that he's a little bugger that's just going to annoy <laughs> you. Bugger, yeah. And he is going to be a guy that every other opponent's going to hate and he's going to make plays. He did it in the second biggest class in Illinois. He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Illinois. Yeah. And yeah, he's 5'11", 160 mm-hmm. pounds. He's a little dude, but that guy is an absolute gamer and he is already opening some eyes over in Iowa City what he has done in the workouts. Uh, the Dabale kid, kind of the unknown of the four. We know Price Sanford, obviously, being yeah, yeah. our location. Owen Freeman, he's been committed for a couple of years. And you know, I would beat out some good teams for him, too. Michigan State. So maybe Purdue. maybe the, maybe the freshmen will make a bigger impact than I originally thought I, that they would. I think they all and have Is that a, a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah, I don't either. This is going to be this is going to be a building block. I think so too. Kind of year. Yeah, I think so too. And see of those four newbies, you know, can Dabale, the unknown, can he step in? He certainly looks the part. I mean, that dude is put mm-hmm. together. He looks like an absolute beast at the power forward position for them physically. If he can step in, Freeman does his thing inside. They got they have some pieces here. They're not going to be very good this year. I think they missed the opportunity to put together another NCAA tournament team. But if you can see those four freshmen all get at least glimpses Mm -hmm. and Peyton Sanford turns into your go-to guy, a guy that you can run your offense through and he can get you, you know, 16 game, something like that. You build that and you start to build towards kind of the next run of Iowa basketball. Right. I, I, I can see that happening. I think Iowa State's got a really good chance to be a tournament team. You know, a team that... Better than a tournament team. I I think on paper, this is a preseason top 20 team. I think they have everything. about that? With what they are defensively, uh-huh. year after year, and you're yep. going to have to defend, but yep. what we've heard from Omaha Blue, what Pavelski did when he went out there mm-hmm. tried out for Team USA, what kind of shooter. They are so more offensively skilled in this edition. What they brought in the transfer portal, the kid from UNLV, the kid from Buffalo. I mean, they got so many different offensive weapons coupled to what they're going to do defensively. They're going to be a whole lot more fun to mm-hmm. watch just for a casual basketball fan. Cause, and if Lipsy can start making some shots. Yeah, well, the good thing is he's going to have guys that can hit shots well, That's on the true. He didn't have that kind of help 
No. And really outside of grill but, those but couple what, weeks that he that, got hot. Yeah, a couple of weeks he got hot. Right. That's yeah. what I mean. Where did North he Carolina? end up? Mizzou, didn't he? He ended yeah. up Mizzou. Outside of those, they didn't have shooters on For two team. years. He's going to have shooters. Well, Brockington, but they didn't think Brockington was Brockington when. And he was more of a mid range yeah. guy. You know what we need to do? Cause I'm, I'm into this college basketball talk here in the middle of June. Yeah. Um, maybe we should get Rob Doster. So many big stories, college. Yeah. Do, do you think that uh, Huggins is done at 69? I think so. Boy, a lot of people don't think he is, Trent. I'm with you. Gonna I'm with you. Go around, go to a mid major. Yes. Why, why? Go to Marshall. Because you don't want your may well because you don't want that to be how your career ends. But you know what? You did it to yourself. This guy's day drinking. He thought he was in Columbus, Ohio. He was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Trying to find a Burger King receipt. Oh my God! How bombed do you have to be to not know what city you're in? Well, and I've heard a couple of people in college basketball say that Huggins always had a driver. He when he got his first OWI in Cincinnati, he had a driver at that time. Didn't that day, huh. and afterwards he be, he was even more every single time, and he mm-hmm. was usually a staffer, usually you know grad assistant or something right. like that. Hey, this is your job too. Yeah, you're going to be my driver and drive him around. But beer cans at his feet. Oh my gosh! Awful look. Terrible look. At 69 and blowing a what? Two point one. Two point one. Or point two one. That is, and it's point zero eight. I mean, he's, right. he's three times the legal limit, and it's the middle of the day. That's that's different level. It is different level. And how? Where are you, Columbus? Uh, Columbus? No, you're mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. And Unbelievable. With a flat tire. With a flat tire. Look, I I love the guy as a coach. I do. Too. I, do. I think college basketball is better when he's in it. I like it him as a character. I do too. I don't like him as this character. No. And he's and he's lost his chance to coach college. As the it's it's not a right. Um, I just can't see it. He's he's 69 years old. I get why he would want to come back and and go out and not be remembered how it ended. You know, one more reclamation in him, but I don't know, Trent. I just don't know. Yeah. Anyways, but we should get, whether Huggins coaches or not, we should get Doster, one of mm-hmm. our guys, Norlander, talk a little college basketball. I kind of got the itch after this little yes, segment absolutely. here. Yes, uh, absolutely. 11-28. We'll take a, a break. We'll talk college basketball and then into the NBA as the two blend on Thursday night is the NBA draft. Uh, your guy Scooter's getting a lot of oh, run. Oh, everyone loves Scoot. If Everybody's Sam, on Scoot. He'd be the number eight pick in the draft. Uh, we'll talk about Scoot when Benyana and Murray and other and others uh, with uh, Chris Monter from College Basketball News. Miller and Condon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk some NBA draft. Uh, this time each and every year, we go to our guy, Chris Montour. Uh, he joins us uh, from College Basketball News as we get into this draft. Chris, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks once again this year for finding uh, time for us here in Des Moines. How you been, Chris? 
Not bad. How are you guys today? Doing well. Hey, before we get into the draft, etc., as closely as you follow the AAU circuit uh, and high school and recruiting, etc., when you look at Iowa, Iowa State's incoming freshmen, uh, I'm not sure if you know, um, you've seen any of them in person. Uh, if, if so, why don't you, um, you know, a nugget or two on any you may have seen? I, I like both for the upcoming year. I think Iowa State's done a great job with their recruiting efforts. I'm really looking forward to watching some of their their young players coming in. Uh, got to know J.T. Rock, who's actually a 2024 uh, commit. Got a chance to watch him play up in Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Got to know him and his mom pretty well the last couple of years. I, I think we've talked in the past. I'm like a big music fan. I found out she was a music fan, his mom. So we started talking about concerts because I <laughs> go to a lot of concerts. Last year, I actually went to 169 concerts. Jesus. So used to Whenever I saw JT, I'd always try and sit with his mom. We'd talk about the latest music and things like that. But, yeah, uh, I went and saw a couple of those players play uh, Pewaukee, which is a team that won three straight championships in the state of uh, Wisconsin. They had two extremely good players. One will be a senior this year's one, Nebraska, and, of course, uh, Milan, who will be going to uh, play for Iowa State. So I thought both teams did great. Some of those players have some Minnesota ties, uh, Price Sanford played for D1 Minnesota. I actually watched a couple of young Iowa players, uh, Jack McCaffrey and then X Robinson, play for their 16 team. So a lot of ties, tieovers with Minnesota and Iowa. But you're right. I think Iowa State, you know, had a top top 10, maybe even higher, depending on who you talk to class. And, and they've had back to back really strong classes, a lot of great talent there. And I think Iowa, not only using uh, some of the top areas players in the area. And players that they had connections, but also some great uh, uh, portal kids that I think will be nice additions to what they have. Obviously, they lose some some key players when you lose players like Murray and some size up front with Rebecca. But uh, I think the additions, uh, and again, having some time to play, it looks. I just got an email today about their trip overseas to Europe. And I think yep. you know having those ten practices when you have all these newcomers, I think is definitely going to help in terms of team chemistry and things like that. You know, I want to go back to last year, and I know you saw Eli King a bunch uh, from where you're based. Were you surprised that it didn't work out at Iowa State? He's going to end up. I think he's going. He's going to end at Grand Forks, right? Uh, and North, yeah, North Dakota, right? Yeah I, yeah, I thought the fact you know he had the relationship with TJ, his younger brother, his older brothers have played. And were recruited by TJ, so you thought it would help. He had some injury issues the last couple of years of high school. I don't know if that kind of hurt him a little bit. Obviously, they brought in some big players last couple of years through the portal. But I thought Lipsy and him, who played together on that D1 Minnesota team, they had great connections there. I thought that would definitely help him. But, you know, obviously the portal is good and bad. You know, sometimes I feel like there's almost too many kids in it. But maybe he thought maybe going to maybe a little bit lower level maybe would be a thing that makes him happier. Uh, and, and we'll see. But, yeah, I was a little surprised because I thought he, you know, was a player that would fit in well with what Iowa State, you know, wants to do. And, again, I think they've done a great job not only recruiting-wise but adding some players from the portal the last couple of years. Some key players, Gabe Kalsher, a Minnesota kid who I got to know really well. You know, you thought it would be a little more successful, but I guess only time will tell. One more on the uh, college basketball front, and that's your home state team up there with the Gophers. It is not gone very well in Ben Johnson's first couple of go-arounds with that squad. Saw, what, three top 100 players in state this year? None of the three mm. are going to the Gophers this upcoming season. Is it going to work, or are we already looking at some dire straits here for Coach Johnson? Well, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people that were somewhat questioning the hire, not going for a little bit more of an established coach. 
Uh, and again, he's you know, yeah, I, I hate to make too many excuses, but basically everybody on that team from the, that year decided that they were going to leave, which you know, understand if you have a new coach, you know, and maybe you feel like maybe there are better opportunities. Uh, Jamal Masburn decided to follow Coach Patino down in New Mexico. You look at uh, Marcus Carr, you know, was a key player for Texas who made a strong run this past year. So they had some good players. And, again, that's the one thing that's hurt Minnesota the last couple of years. They haven't been able to keep the top players in state. And we saw that, you know, especially with Wisconsin. I live in Lakeville, Minnesota, which is a southern uh, southern uh, suburb. And four players from Lakeville North, which is the high school I'm nearest to, uh, it was just Lakeville High School back in my day, but now they have Lakeville North hmm. and Lakeville South. But four of those players in the last few years have gone on to Wisconsin. Nolan Windsor, whose father, Trevor Winter, you might recall, played for the Gophers on that Final Four team. And his mother, Heidi, was a volleyball player at Minnesota, so most people assumed he'd go to Minnesota, but he ended up going uh, to uh, Wisconsin. And then they also got Jack Robeson, who's a really good outside shooter. I've gotten to know really well. He'll be a senior this year. Daniel Freetag, a very talented football basketball player, is just going to play basketball at Wisconsin, but he's going to go to a prep school out in California. But three of the best players, like you mentioned, going to the rival school. So uh, the question is, when you're not getting those top players, and you know they don't really have maybe the NIL structure that other schools have had, so they haven't really been able to capitalize on an NIL deal. Uh, they've had some injury issues, but you're right. They have not won very many Big Ten games. I think they've won five in the last two years, and it's one of those things, kind of a little bit of a catch-22. If you don't win, you know, how, how do you get people excited about you know wanting to come to Minnesota? Kids want to either get NIL money, play in front of a lot of fans and scouts or make it to the tournament. And they haven't done any of those three things the last couple of years. Uh, talking uh, basketball with Chris Montar, College Basketball News. Let's get into the draft. Uh, I'll, we'll save the unicorn for just a second. Overall, top to bottom, is I, for whatever reason, I'm I'm having trouble you know, getting pumped up about the draft this year. And, and yeah, I mean, Chris, is gonna, Chris Murray's going to go somewhere late teens, early 20s, you would think, so there is a local connection. What kind of, cl- what kind of draft will this be? Is it Wembenyana and a bunch of questions? Question marks, or is there legitimately a lot of NBA talent uh, that's going to hear their name called on Thursday, Chris? Well, you're right. I think the NBA draft maybe is a little harder to follow for the average fan, to be honest. If you're a college basketball fan, a lot of these players are one-year players. You look at the top ten picks, likely all of them will either be freshmen or uh, players who played in the G League with overtime uh, elite or played overseas. So a lot of fans maybe aren't as familiar with these players. I was talking to somebody the other day. I started doing a newsletter in 1991, and the first year I went down to Orlando in 1990, Willie Burton, I don't know if you remember him from yeah. Minnesota, was a key player for them, was going to be down there. So I thought, hey, it'd be a great time to interview him, talk to some people, and a few people I talked to said, hey, you, you have a lot of interest on the draft. Why don't you maybe do like a newsletter as a way of getting your name out there and doing things like that? So I started doing that. I look back at the 1990 draft out of 27 first-rounders. How many do you think were seniors that year? Uh, oh, 24? 25. Wow. There were two non-seniors. Jeez. So back then, those were players, to be honest, you know, that you knew. Yeah. You know, they had been playing for four years of college basketball. So you saw them, and a lot of them played in the NCAA tournament. You saw them over 120 games. Now you're lucky if you see a player, you know, 35 games, and they're done. Uh, and a lot of these G League kids, there's going to be uh, the Thompson Twins who play in uh, in the G League. And then, of course, Scoot Henderson, probably three of the top ten players that played in the league that, to be honest, nobody's ever seen. Wembenyana, you've maybe seen some highlights, but you really haven't seen him play. So it's difficult. And, you know, 
I followed the draft for a long time, over 30 years. Like I said, you know, you had the high school portion of the draft where players like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Kevin Garnett were drafted. Then you had kind of the foreign explosion, and now you have the one and done. And like, like I think we talked about, even when they changed that rule, I was not crazy about the one and done being gone. I mean, uh, the kid not being able to come out of high school to me to tell LeBron James and Kobe Bryant you can't turn pro, you got to go to school for one year, seems kind of silly. I would have preferred maybe a two-year rule. You look at football, you have to go for three years in college before you can be drafted in baseball. If you're drafted out of high school, you can go right to the minors. Or if you go to college, you can't be drafted against your junior. I thought a two-year period would make more sense. I would think it would have helped the college and the NBA game. But you're right, the draft has changed so much in just those 30 years. You know, I remember my first job out of college was working for the Detroit Pistons. Back then, they had seven rounds. And you basically, <laughs> were if you were the, the Detroit Pistons, you're – Fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks were guys from Michigan State, Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Central Michigan. You know, just kids that you figure might not make your team, but it'd be a, a feel-good story for the area. So yeah, the draft has dramatically changed, and unfortunately, maybe not for the better, because you're right, a lot of these players aren't that well-known. You look at last year's draft, of the 10 players, including uh, Keegan Murray, who were made the first or second uh, team all-rookie, only one of those players, Murray, played in the playoffs. Mm. So it tells you... That there's going to be some good talent in this draft. Obviously, Minyama could be, you know, a legend, legendary player if he lives up to all the expectations. But to be honest, most of these teams that are in the lottery are in the lottery for a reason. They need more than that one player, especially a young player who's maybe going to need time to develop. After Wembenyana, many people believe it's going to be Scoot Henderson. Now, maybe I'm being a little bit goofy here. I, if his name was Sam Henderson, would it be the <laughs> second pick? It just—I think people love the name Scoot. I know he's a tremendous athlete, but he's a six-two guard that hasn't shot it very well. I know he went to the G League as a 17-year-old. I, I get the background behind it, but it's difficult for me to envision a guy that hasn't shot it two years in very well in today's NBA environment, that he is suddenly going to be the impact player that many people believe he will be right away. Well, yeah, you're right. And the comparison is going to be kind of an athletic guard. He's strong, physical. You know, Derek Rose, Russell Westbrook, even mm-hmm. a John Moran are comparisons. But you're right. You have to shoot the ball better than 30% from three-point range in today's NBA. That You know, I I'm used to play all the time after COVID kind of stepped away a little bit just because I don't want to get hurt and some of the players that I used to play with uh, didn't continue playing. But I like to think I'm a good three-point shooter, but sometimes even me, as much as I like to shoot the threes, kind of get annoyed with how many threes there are. You know, when you have a three-on-one and somebody's going to jack up a, a three rather than get a layup, sometimes it drives you crazy. But you're right, the way the league is, you have to be able to shoot. Uh, and that's one thing he's going to have to work on. And obviously, you're right, if he hasn't improved a great deal in two years, is he going to improve in the end day? I would like to think so. You you know, other players, you know, you go back to Jason Kidd, Maxie Johnson, players that became good shooters, but there are a lot of players, unfortunately, that never learned that art, and that probably prevented them from having the careers that they wanted. But I think it's athleticism you know, will make it be the second or fifth pick, but you're right. His ability, especially from three-point range, is going to be a big factor of whether or not he's the player that maybe deserves to be that number two or three pick. Well, I'll take the easy way out. I'll ask about the unicorn. Uh, I'm guessing he doesn't remind you of anybody. What's the? I guess, is there a concern about when Benyama? What would it be? And and what's the NBA getting uh, when he's at, when uh, play resumes this November, late October? Player seven four seven five player. I'm 
from Minnesota, as we, you know, and Chet Holmgren is a kind of a long, tall, athletic player. But when you saw, I saw a picture not too long ago of those two together, and when Bignano almost makes him look like a kid, you know, <laughs> he's so much bigger. And, and again, at seven four, seven five, and having the ability to handle the ball, shoot the ball from range, can play inside, obviously with that size and length, long arm span, definitely a huge impact on the off, off, offensive and defensive rebounding and shot blocking as well. You know, needs to be a little bit stronger. That's going to be the big question mark. How much weight can he put on that body? But I think with the NBA strength and conditioning people and and his diet, he can put on some weight. I don't ever expect him to be like a Jokic or anybody like that, obviously. But can he be enough? In, in the NBA, you're right. There aren't that many low-post players really anymore. Jokic, you know, can play outside and play inside. He can be physical against uh, other players. But there aren't that many players, you know, that are the true legitimate centers like you used to see 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So, uh, you know, these could be a little more consistent as outside threat, I think. But again, you know, the hype is definitely there. And you almost wonder if it's too much. You know, I've heard people even say not only is a better pro prospect than LeBron James, who I was super high on because I saw him a lot as a high school kid back in the day, but he might be the best pro prospect of any sport. And that's big hype and hyperbole, but he goes in a great situation in San Antonio. You know, they've had, you know, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, they have a great Hall of Fame coach and Popovich don't have a ton of great talent around him. I think they're going to have to upgrade that. But obviously, you know, they can be patient. It's not like a major market where I think he's going to just get pounded with media and things like that if you were in L.A. or, or uh, you know, New York or someplace like that. Um, but you're right. There are obviously a lot of reasons why teams weren't necessarily putting out maximum efforts this year in the NBA. <laughs> Chris, let's get to a, another Chris. Chris Murray from the University of Iowa. Of course, Keegan had an outstanding freshman campaign his rookie year with the Kings. The Kings have the 24th pick. Will Chris Murray still be on the board at that point? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we lost Chris Montour. We'll get him back on here. All right, uh, good question. Uh, Chris Montour has covered the uh, draft, as you heard him say, for oh, 30 plus 30 years. So I do want to hear the answer to this one, then we'll let uh, Chris go and get back to his day. But uh, 24, is he available at 24? I see him anywhere from 18 to the late 20s. So if he is, will they pull the trigger and uh, reunite the twins? Uh, Chris Monter, uh in uh, collegebasketballnews.com, collegebasketballnews.com uh, for Chris. So let's get him back here, Chris. Uh, Trent asked the question, uh, will Chris Murray still be available at 24 when the Kings uh, have their opportunity select? Yeah, I, I would be pleasantly surprised. It's kind of fun to see those two together. I remember the Van Arsdale twins way back in the day, you know, it kind of fun to see him play together. I don't think he goes that far. I'm actually a little surprised of all the talk where he'll go because I think when you look at how well Keegan did, and obviously they're not the same player, but the fact that I thought Keegan had a very good rookie campaign, it was fun to see being based out of Minnesota and going to all the t- games at Target Center, seeing all the Iowa fans who were able to come up mm. uh, when he did play. It was kind of cool to see all the Murray jerseys and even the Garza jerseys and just Iowa jerseys in, in general. So it's kind of fun to see that. Uh, but you're right. I, I think he's maybe going to go a little lower than he maybe should. And I, to be honest, I think he'll have a better year than a lot of players picked ahead of him. And if he were available at 24, if you're the Kings, you definitely have to think about their high-scoring offense. I think that's why Murray Keegan was able to be so successful. You know, Fox and, and Sabonis, obviously, are outstanding players, too, the top young players at their position at point guard and, and the kind of a center power forward for Sabonis. Uh, you know, he had 
a great team they came into, a team that finally got off that hump and had, hadn't made the playoffs for 16 years. So Murray, I think, would be would love to play there. But I, I think, to be honest, he probably goes 57 to late teens, early 20s range. Chris Monter, College Basketball News. He's covered the draft for 30-plus uh, years, and we love the contribution we get every year from him. Chris, thank you for doing this, as always. We appreciate it. Not a problem, Greg. You guys have a great day. Yeah, you do the same. Chris Monter, as we check in on uh, some of the incoming soon-to-be Hawkeyes and Clones and a peek at uh, Thursday's uh, NBA draft. I'm not even sure how much I'm going to watch. Yeah, same. You know, it mm-hmm. just doesn't have the oomph that it once did. Not at all. Right? Even looking through some of the college guys, uh, who's the kid from Central Florida? Whatever his name is. I mean, he's he's projected to be a lottery pick. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Good. <laughs> Taylor Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Big Ten and Big 12, and there's not a lot of that. Is Grady Dick the first yeah. Big 12 player off the board? If it's not Grady Dick, I'm... I don't know. Keontae George? Hmm. Right. We got to see him for a year. Yeah. Howard, like at, gets... Howard at Michigan. Yeah. Um, not not a uh, Hood Shafino. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the first round. What's the kid who's uh, from Ohio State who's really, really good, depending on what name you watch? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, starts with an S. His last name starts with an uh, Sensabaugh. S. Sensabaugh. Sensabaugh. Thank yeah. you. Um, but it's not a lot of Big Ten and Big 12 talent, no. it seems like. Anyways, we'll take a time out. It's 10 minutes before noon. Come back, finish hour number one. Top umpiring to kick off the second yes. hour of the program. Uh, look forward to doing that. And then we'll head north uh, head north again uh, to the Twin Cities. Dan Mazzatani uh, covers Minnesota sports. His beat is now the Vikings beat. We'll talk some Twins, uh, etc. with uh, Dan Mazzatani at about 12.30. Trends plays of the day. Uh, before we get out of here at 1, Jamie Pollard co-hosting with Murph today. Uh, fails is fishing. Yes, he is. It's his fishing trip. It's, uh, and is he up in the border? Up, uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's the time of the year to be up there. Yeah. Third week in June. Doesn't get any better than that. You know, you can, you know, Tyler, you can stay on the lake. Uh-huh. Sun is still out till 1030. It's not dark till what? 1030, honest to God. 1030? 1030, 1020. What time does the sun come up? Uh, 430. Really? Yeah. Man, it's, it's weird up It's there. ideal. This is the time to be a Canadian with a cabin. How big are the mosquitoes? They're really bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're really, really bad. Need a net over Yeah, and don't let anybody lie to you, because <laughs> they're awful. And they're awful every single year. The size of pigeons? Oh, it's terrible. Um, but they don't like the sun. They don't ah. like being out in the sun. So the heat of the day uh-huh. uh, you, is your best time. But anyways, we'll come back and finish up the first hour. It's Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. Free protection. Final couple of minutes, hour number one. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Going to talk umpiring to kick off hour number two. J.P. Richardson will join us, I believe, in studio. In fact, he will be in studio. Yeah. I look forward to doing that. And then off to the Twin Cities, Dane Muzzatani on those struggling Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Sports uh, with Dane Muzzatani coming up here. wonder what the uh, Timberwolves fans are doing on Thursday night. <laughs> Well, not a, a lot. lot that they have to because oh they got their big guy. Yeah, how'd that work not, not out? Not the better of their two big guys. But no. 
They got their big guy in Rudy Gobert. Yeah, they, are they going to have to trade Cat? I think probably. Uh, yeah, or, I think or, so. or something. You don't want to trade Anthony Edwards. No, absolutely not. Who would bring back a bounty of picks, but he, he, you have to build. How can you build around him? You don't need draft picks. Right. You can't. That's um, the situation they have. They got guys like Nas Reed that, even after the injury, you want to resign him. Mm-hmm. They have put themselves in an incredibly difficult position. I don't know. It's coming back. And the same thing, the other kind of local team, the Bulls, what their future is with the ball injury. And mm-hmm. people say he might not play again. Uh, that's the, kind of the consensus, Tret, that people believe that he is indeed done. Uh, that's not good. No. Uh, for, for your franchise. No doubt about that. All right. So that's coming up in the second hour of the program. Look forward to getting to that. Uh, at some point, Jamie Pollard's going to be here with Keith for the entire hour. Coming to God's the narrative that I keep reading about that we're a Hawkeye station, first and foremost. <laughs> Where do you hear that? Oh, you, you never hear that, do you? Bill Fenley hosted three hours with Heather uh-huh. uh, last week. Pollard's coming in to do an hour. Uh, so now it'll come back the other way. I hope so. That's yeah. the rivalry, right? It never quits. It I was glad to see Doc. Um, he believes that uh, Cyhawk is going to continue, uh-huh. despite the scheduling. And, and the, he thinks Doc, listening to him yesterday, thinks it's more likely they come back to eight as opposed to going to ten. Did you hear that? Yes. Did that surprise you? Um, not really. With no divisions, I believe it's going to just. Is strength of schedule going to be a real thing in the college football playoff era? I don't know. Is that extra conference game going to matter? And if it's not, I don't and if think it's just it will. about your record, and yeah. if you go nine and three and you can still sleep, sneak, sneak in the back door, mm-hmm. well, we're already playing probably three very difficult conference games. Yep. Well, why do we even schedule that? Mm-hmm. Why, if it's about getting to the playoff, and that's what it's about, and all of a going to be twelve opportunities instead of four. Is that mean Wisconsin, Alabama, not going to happen again? We're not going to see. Oh, don't do that. LSU, Notre Dame. We're not going to see those big non-conference games because more and more, the only thing that's important is a win-loss mm-hmm. record. The committee needs to send a message right away, or or send a message as to what it's going to take, what they're going to be looking, and for. what's the real criteria. Right. That's the thing that bothers me yeah. year after year about because that because it changes show. all the time. It changes every week. every week, right? Every single week, it is a different narrative. It's a different number. You're that never going to come around on this Tuesday night. Right? No, 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 no. I'm just when we not. get to twelve, will you? No, okay. no, because unless it changes and we actually have criteria, and it's not going to be whatever their whim of the day is yeah. or what random stat they pulled out of thin air. Until <laughs> that changes, no, because it doesn't matter, and they can change it right at the end. We've seen that happen plenty of times. TCU. Beats Iowa State 55-3, and they fall to number five. <laughs> uh, hour two coming up next. Umpiring to kick it off. Minnesota sports and Trent's plays of the day. Uh, as we 